I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You are listening to KC Sports Network. Proudly presented by M-Prize Bank. Your partner in possible. Coming up, Benny Heisler brings you the latest episode of Benny and the Bets the sports betting show here at KC Sports Network. From props to spreads and everything in between, your sports betting show focused on our local teams is right here. So let's begin the show. What's good, everybody? Welcome into Benny and the Bets. If you are tuning in today, we got a fun one for you, especially on the heels of the 2023 NBA Draft. On today's show, uh, Man of the People, you can follow him on Twitter, at really rel double underscore he of course is Terrell Furman Jr outstanding NBA and analyst for SPGN you can check his work out on the NBA uh he's also a, a WNBA survivor the guy that I've enjoyed getting plays from as well so we continue to talk W here on this show amongst others uh be sure to check out his work and uh catch him on SPGN and right here on the show Terrell what's good man thanks for being here Hey, what's going on? Appreciate you for having me. Uh, looking forward to talking about this great NBA draft that is just going everywhere right now. Yeah, there's some incredible names that are starting to sneak up outside of the guy that we know is going number one overall. But before we get to Terrell, there is something that I want to mention, especially coming up for anybody that's joining us on the program today, because if you like everything that KCSN is doing, then I know you're going to love our upcoming golf tournament. It's our second annual Tacos and Bourbon Golf Tournament. It's coming up on July the 29th over at Sunflower Hills Golf Course in Bonner Springs. We're going to have drinks. We're going to have bourbon. We're going to be providing food. All thanks to our sponsors over at Holiday Distillery and Mission Tacos. We also have a silent auction. We got prizes, giveaways, and this is the one that I think all of us can get behind throughout. There's going to be a chance to sink a shot for a million bucks. Like we're we're talking a little bit of like NBA minimum money here. Like yeah. I'm thinking about what some of these guys are going to be able to uh, to spend once they ink that rookie contract. Million dollars just to sink a putt. You can start to uh, feel like you're uh, in pretty good graces with the rest of the crew. Uh, for more information or to sign up, you can click on the link in the description of this podcast. Also for sponsorship inquiries uh, or additional questions, contact Christian Gumminger uh, at KCSN Foundation at gmail.com have you ever thought about that like what what the first thing you would buy with an nba contract would be like the the number one thing on your list oh yeah i know a hundred percent i am going into five guys and i'm telling everybody that can hear me in spitting distance it's on me don't worry about it it's on me i got you you want a milkshake you go get you a (laughs) milkshake it is on me See, this is what I told you, that, that Terrell is a man of the people, walking into five guys, making sure that the whole crew is there for him. I I feel like I would, I feel like I'd finally buy like the, the suits that I want. Like finally take my, my suit game up a little bit, not worried about the, the price tag. I, I, I like feeling like I can dress well. And that would probably be the first place I'd go, maybe up the menswear, just, just a tad. Yeah, no, I like that. I like that. Definitely look good, feel good. 
Look good, feel good, no doubt. So a couple of guys that are going to be feeling good is where they're going to get their names called in this draft. So for purposes of, of this show, we're going to go off of the odds uh, over at DraftKings Sportsbook. But obviously, uh, as we encourage all throughout the time here on the show, uh, make sure you're shopping around. Make sure you're looking for the best number possible. So we know Victor Weminyama, the, the seven foot four, most hyped NBA prospect. Lay it. LeBron James. Yeah. Like, lay it. What, well, why is that? Lay it to minus 200,000, whatever it is now. Lay it. He's going number one. <laughs> I think he's it's going- some guy that put a $50,000, $60,000 bet in and he's getting $300. Yeah, must be nice to have that kind of coin, right? Just be able to just drop 50 grand and be able to turn it into just an extra 300 in your back pocket. Not a bet that I would make, not a bet that I don't believe uh, you would make either. But yes, he is going number one overall. Although it's crazy. Like, do you remember back on last year where it was Jabari Smith, Jabari Smith, Jabari Smith? Yep. And then Woj said it was going to be Jabari Smith. And then last minute, everything flipped and it ended up being Paolo Bancare. I This is not the year that something like that's going to happen. But it is crazy to think about the buildup leading up to the draft. What you, you see, you see a scenario. Well, like I, I'm not gonna say it's not gonna happen at number one, but number, number two, one. it feels like it's the. Does it not feel like the same situation? Because Scoot Henderson, all through this time, they even showed Scoot versus Wembenyama on NBA TV. A game between those two. And and Scoot was number two. He was number two for a very, very long time. And Woes just tweeted that now Brandon Miller is number two. And now Brandon Miller is like, what, minus 950 at this point to be number two overall? Like, is history repeating itself with number one? No, but it very well could be with number two. So tell me why Charlotte would make that play over Scoot. Is it just because of LaMelo? If anything, Scoot's the type of guy that I think could play really well off of LaMelo. And uh-huh. it also puts Portland in a in an interesting scenario too, because then they're theoretically trying to figure out what happens with Damian Lillard. It uh-huh. scoots on the board for them. Like, Give me sort of how you ultimately envision after number one, the, the next two, three picks going. Yeah. So, I mean, this is you know, a good situation to have. Well, not a good situation because that means you sucked the year before, but it's a good situation to have in terms of saying that, hey, we have two really, really good players that we're really just trying to decide who we're getting. And so with Charlotte, I think they have the situation where you have to sit here and really, really look at yourself and evaluate yourself as a team and say, Are we going to keep LaMelo Ball past his rookie contract? Is he willing to sign a max or super max deal with us? If you sit there and say, no, we have no chance of retaining him, then you draft Scoot Henderson. Because while Scoot can play very good with LaMelo, Scoot also has the potential to be able to carry your team on his own as well. And you can build around him in the future. Whereas Brandon Miller, if you sit there and you say, hey, we think we can retain LaMelo, Brandon Miller and LaMelo is going to be good combination for a very, very long time in basketball, people, like a really, really long time. And so if you sit there and say, yes, we can retain LaMelo, we can build this roster, we can put ourselves in contention, and we can finally make it to the playoffs. I know we were in the play-in before, we didn't make it out, but we can finally, finally make it there. And if you think LaMelo is staying for that ride, 
you have to go get Brandon Miller because that's going to be a good duo that we're going to have a lot of chemistry together for a long time. But if you think that there's a chance LaMelo walks and you need to prep for the future, Scoot Henderson can carry your team into the future on his own. So I think that's the deciding factor that they're trying to decide on. And ultimately, I still think it's going to be Scoot because nobody wants to put their faith into somebody else. But I very well, I wouldn't be surprised with Brandon Miller because again, it's like, drawing straws with these two like these two are both really really good so right now based off of the odds over at DraftKings, if you're looking to do one two three easy favorite right now is Weminyama number one brandon miller number two and then scoot and mm-hmm. number three that's minus 450 but if you believe that scoot's going to go number two or charlotte is put in a position where maybe they consider trading that pick if that's the guy ever wants to go up and get scoot Maybe there's a possibility that they make a move at number two, get a haul back, and that's at plus 250. Everything else after that, we're looking at plus 20, plus 2,000, plus 3,500, um, and that's with uh, with Eamon Thompson uh, moving up into the top three as well. So uh, let's talk a little about the Thompson Twins as well, because there's just not a lot that we truly know other than the argument that maybe Thompson comes in, and that's uh, Eamon Thompson. These are identical twins, massive wingspan. Mm-hmm. Eamon Thompson comes into the league possibly like top 10 most athletic player the moment he steps on the court. Uh-huh. But very, very raw offensive game. Probably like very little, um, I'd say, to consider at the NBA level. Remember, they're playing in overtime elite. They're, they're going up against 16-year-olds, and they're 20. Mm-hmm. How do you evaluate them from your own scouting perspective, and then how do you take that, put it into a betting lens and say, which teams are likely to reach for them? And and maybe is there a possibility that that Eamon actually goes second um, and his brother goes ahead of him uh, possibly earlier in the draft? Yeah, so I'm, I've been following the Thompson, you know, the Thompson twins for a while, and uh, it, they're ushering in a new age of sports fans, a lot younger demographic of sports fans, because they did come from Overtime Elite and Overtime Elite catered to TikTok, catered to social media. They had their games up there. If you were trying to watch them play, you were going to those type of outlets to see their games. And I've also seen these two play in the TBT. Now, everybody tries to crack on the TBT. Oh, these are older you know, college players that never made it to the league. No, these are professional basketball players. At the end of the day, I don't care what nobody says. Those are professional basketball players. And those two went into the TBT and showed out. They can compete on the NBA level. I have nothing to worry about their talent. Eamon Thompson, yes, he's the raw athletic talent. He is the guy that you can sit there and say, if we develop him and take his raw talent and increase his basketball IQ, make him making a smart play all the time, he's going to be a great player in this league. Asar Thompson is the one that he's already got the IQ. He is the unselfish one. And that's, while Amen is going to command a higher price, from what I've heard from contacts and everybody, is almost basically locked up. Amen's going forward to the Rockets. But Osar Thompson, with what he can do and the unselfishness of his play, the fact that he, it does not have to be the score because guess what? His brother was the scorer. He just had to get the ball to his brother. And when you listen to him in his interviews, you see his game. He talks about all the time. He is a completely unselfish basketball player that can make the smart play, defend, do all of that stuff. So I I don't think that he jumps ahead of him, but I don't think there's room for anybody in between those two players. Like 
Potentially, Cam Whitmore is the only name that I think could go in between those two at five to the Detroit Pistons. But, I mean, if the Pistons took their shot on Asar Thompson, who can be another ball handler and somebody that can get the ball out of Cade's hand and let Cade be able to work in the post or play off ball and be able to get to his shot and not depend on Cade Cunningham carrying the ball or being healthy, Absolutely. So the Thompson twins are very high on my board. I would go ahead and take a top four and just put Eamon Thompson at number four and go Wimbiana, Scoot, Miller, Thompson, because I think those four picks are really, really good. But if you like Miller at two, just switch swap, flip-flop the other two, and you can get some more plus money on that top four pick rather than a top three pick. You can also consider, as you mentioned, uh, if we're going through all the different orders that are available, uh, top five exact order, and if you're looking for an opportunity for plus odds, uh, Webb and Yama, Brandon Miller, Scoot, Eamon Thompson, uh, and then uh, if you're going with uh, with Cam Whitmore, right now that's a plus 450. If you swap out Miller and Scoot and you put them in that spot, now we're looking at 14, plus 1,400 over yeah. at Strong. I think that might be if you're looking for a couple different angles here, that might be the play because it's it's difficult a scenario as I can find where maybe outside of those two and top two and three players and Miller and Scoot being going flipping uh, flipping between the two of them, mm-hmm. kind of the feeling that we know four and five at this point, right? Yeah, so the draft starts at two, and then it stops, and we all get to take a break for picks three and four, and then it starts back up again at five because nobody knows and. I'm like I said, Whitmore, very good. Could possibly also be a All Star Thompson at five. Like that would fit really, really well in, and not Phoenix, Lordy. I'm Monty's got me thinking about Phoenix and Detroit. So that would fit really, really well in Detroit. So I mean, there's so many different ways that they can go at five, and I think it ultimately is either Cam or it's uh, All Star, but. Oh, man, Amen just sounds locked in at four. If you can get any type of value on Amen at four, then, yeah, that's it. But I think that market is pretty much dried up now. I would take the exacta and just hedge your horse on whoever you like. If it's Miller at two or if it's Scoot at two, if you get the second overall pick right, you feel pretty good about yourself getting all the way to five. I think so, too. And again, the, the fun of the NBA draft is that the chaos is going to ensue at some point. But in the early going, if you feel like the odds are in your favor, especially when we have a general consensus of of where things are going to go, that's the opportunity to find some value on the board, even though people want to chase that higher number. If it's there, go ahead and jump on it. We are hanging out with Terrell Furman Jr. He, of course, uh, one of the outstanding hosts and analysts uh, over at SGPN. We're going to take a quick break. And then on the other side, I'm going to ask him about a couple of wildcard teams that, that may make some noise in the first round. Plus... Uh, we got a couple key names that are right in our backyard and Grady Dick and Keontae Johnson from KU and K-State. Uh, what are the likelihoods of where they might end up and where can you bet on it? We're going to go over that with Terrell coming up next. Stay with us. This is Benny and the Bets. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. 
Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. All right, Terrell Furman is back with us here on Benny in the Bets. We are talking hoops. We're talking NBA drafts. That's kicking off if you're watching the show. Uh, it is tonight, so a uh, very short amount of time to get your bets in order, but uh, hopefully we have you covered here. I want to get your perspective on the, the two local products that uh, a lot of our listeners are, are very familiar with. Grady Dick uh, over at KU and Keontae Thompson over at Kansas State. Uh, right now, Grady Dick projected anywhere between maybe like as high as eight, uh, as low as, you know, 14, 15, 16. Um, so there's intriguing possibilities if you're looking for him as a lottery pick right now. You can find that at DraftKings at plus 220. Uh, and then it's just a matter of whether or not a GM likes Thompson's game enough to maybe move him out of that early second round range and perhaps late into the first round. Let's start with Grady Dick. Do, do you look at him as a lottery type player? And if so, where's the possible fit for him? I'm telling you right now, if Grady Dick makes it into the lottery. He needs to go and give Christian Braun about a good portion of whatever money he brings in, because that's going to be the reason why he got into the lottery. Like they're going to sit there and say, oh, man, Christian Braun played really, really well coming off the bench in that finals. And Oh, wait, Gritty Dick is just a better version of Christian Braun? <gasps> what? Oh, man, we got to go up in the first round and get this guy in the lottery. So, absolutely. Like, come on now. It's going to be all because of Christian Braun. But Gritty Dick, he's a good player. But I just don't think, you know, with the talent that I'm looking at and what I project to happen in the lottery, I don't think that there's room for him because I do think teams are moving up, but I don't think they're moving up for a Grady Dick. I think they're moving up for a big. Like, uh, let's talk about those finals again. Jokic was unguardable over the whole entire, entire playoffs. Now, am I going to sit here and say that a rookie is going to come in here and automatically lock Jokic down? Absolutely not. But you want people that can develop and can put you in good situations to succeed, especially when you got a lot of bigs in the league, Jokic, Giannis, Joel Embiid, like you're going to want some rim protection around there. So Derek Lively, the second round plus 225-ish, 250, somewhere around there, make it into the top 10. I think he very much well does. I can see a Golden State trading up a few slots, getting into that top 10 and going to get him. I can see an Atlanta Hawks team trading up to go get him and add some well-needed size. Could I see the Lakers? That sat there and say that, hey, we're not going to re-sign D'Lo. We're not going to re-sign Hachimara. Maybe we'll package them with our 17th pick and we can work our way inside the lottery and get a Derek Lively a second so Anthony Davis can duck the center smoke like he chooses to duck every single season. Like, There's so many possibilities. And I think Lively, watching Jokic and knowing that Lively can move around, he does. he did look really, really good that year at Duke. 
that's somebody that I think has a better chance than Grady Dick to, for them to move up. So nothing against Grady Dick, but I think I take the over on his uh, draft position because I do think that somebody, just because there's other people that people, teams are interested in, that he could find himself sliding in the draft. Do you? I'm glad you brought up Lively because it kind of leads to an interesting point about what you said about Jokic. I think there's a tendency in any sports league to try to overcorrect itself for what the absolutely what the league is basically telling you right now. Like, oh, all of a sudden you have Jokic, and now you're going to try and find the next Jokic. The reality is that Jokic is a unicorn; it doesn't exist. You're going to have incredibly high level big players in the NBA. Like Webin Yam is seven four. Um mm-hmm. but I mean the the mob is fickle. I mean we're we're talking about Chet Holmgren from a season ago. Remember the types of conversations we we're having about Chet and whether or not the mm-hmm. body's gonna live up to it? Didn't play a game his first year. So I, I can't help but wonder if scouts and GMs and front offices are gonna maybe go away from what the numbers are actually telling them and say oh, we have to go find the next Jokic, and maybe that's a trend that we can bet on, trying to take some of these higher upside bigs that can move around a little bit, that can do a bit of everything. They're just nowhere near ready to play, and I think that could be a situation where teams just say, this is a guy that we're going to have to go after because we feel like he's the answer to being able to stop Jokic on the other side, regardless of whether it's fair or not. Yeah, and I, I, I truly... I mean, should likely probably go around that range? Probably not. There's a lot of really good players. And, you know, some players we haven't talked about. It's a lot of really good players around that range. And But it's the overcorrection. It's the feeling like you're a piece of way. And what was the piece that killed everybody this offseason? It was Jokic. No doubt. What about somebody like Keontae Johnson, who really had a great season? Everybody um, that, that came in this year for, for K-State really impressed. Um I, I love his build. I love his frame. Like mm-hmm. that's a guy that comes in six foot four, six foot five, that can even play the three if he needs to as an undersized three, just because he'll be able to barely you inside, but he can also drain an outside shot. He's a good passer. He's a willing defender. Do you look at him as somebody that might be able to scoot his way up to the back end of the first round, or maybe because he's a little bit older than some of the other high tier draft prospects? Mm-hmm. Maybe early second round kind of makes sense for him. Oh, man, I hate to hate on... Look, Keontae Johnson's my guy. VA guy. You know, I've seen him play hoops, Boo Williams, and in the VA area all this time. And so, you know, when all that situation happened down there at Florida, it was really, really sad. And, you know, the whole community felt it. And then he had a resurgence at KU, and it was great. Everybody's great. But I just don't know if that's going to translate to GM's big board yet. I think he's going to slide. I think there's a potential that he's one of these undrafted guys that kind of gets picked up afterwards because we've seen so many good players, so many good players in NCAA not get drafted. Like, let's talk about a couple years ago in Marcus Howard, who's one of the leading scorers in the NCAA. He didn't get drafted. We go, we talk about uh, Miles, was it Miles Powell over at Seton Hall? didn't get drafted either like we it's so many good players that do not get drafted one because you have the influx of players coming from overseas coming from you know all these other basketball outlets that they're not just playing in the NCAA and they're taking draft spots you only have two rounds in the NBA draft so I don't think he's gonna make his way into the first round I think he's a great talent and I think I would love to see him get drafted 
But I do think there's a possibility that he does slip and fall somewhere in the second round or be one of those guys that gets picked up afterwards. Do you see somebody, and I'd be uh, remiss if I didn't mention Jalen Wilson as a possibility as well. He's projected probably mid-second round, late-second round, plus 1,200 at DraftKings to go into the first round. Do you see him as somebody that might be able to to break that curve a little bit the way that you know when Frank Mason got drafted in the league as a second-round pick? Uh, you know, Devontae Graham coming in as a second round pick. Obviously, Graham has gotten more of an opportunity than, than Mason did. And I think Mason made the most of his opportunity. We would have liked to see what else he could have done. But you know, Wilson put up some monster numbers for a good amount of time at KU. Uh, where do you see him and where do you see his NBA future? Is this somebody that has a chance to possibly move up as well? Yeah, I think it's there. And I think that's really the Bill self effect, honestly. And if he does, you know, we talk about handing out checks, he might need to owe Bill self a dinner or something like that if he gets him into the first round. But Bill self's got not a lot of money. So he'll only give him the money, but definitely give him a dinner or something if he gets his way into the first round. Cause I think that's going to be the Bill self effect. But I think Jalen Wilson does have a decent possibility of going into the second round. I'm, I'm not willing to, uh, well, at 12 to 1, I wouldn't be mad to sprinkle on him at all, honestly. But I do think. I project him a little bit more in the middle of that second round as well. I think that he can kind of go somewhere in that range. But we've seen teams that they like a guy, and in the back of that first round, especially the teams that made the playoffs, if they see somebody that's a little bit further down and they feel like that person can absolutely add to the bench. And trust me, a lot of teams that were in these playoffs need a bench, including Denver, who has got extra picks uh, from OKC in this draft. Yeah, I could see somebody like a Jalen Wilson moving up. Yeah, and, and people forget Wilson's six foot eight. So you have the size, you have the raw scoring ability, really good three point shooter as well. Um, not a great free throw shooter, but again, I, I think somebody like Wilson, who was a good player for a long time, can elevate that at the NBA level within a couple years. Honestly, it's just mm-hmm. a matter of, of whether or not a team, like you said, uh, is going to buy into to the Christian Brown effect, right? Like, is this somebody that can come in? Uh, and make a key difference. And, and maybe all of a sudden it just takes one team to, to have to buy in. I want to talk to you about a guy that I really enjoyed watching uh, in his freshman year over at Indiana. That was my school. Jalen Hood Shafino, I, I think could be a really good fit at the tail end of the lottery, particularly for a mm-hmm. team like Toronto that may not bring uh, Fred Van Fleet back. They brought in JHS to IU to essentially handle like the two, three combo spot be a, a dynamic three-point shooter, guy that was really good off the bounce, great explosive first step, and he had the, the wingspan to be able to guard on the perimeter as well. But when Xavier Johnson went down, ironically, in that game against KU, he had to step up and take on the point guard responsibility. So he can play the one, but he can really play three different positions in the league. Toronto loves size. They love versatility. They got that IU pipeline with OG Ananobi. Do you look at Jalen Hutchifino as, as a guy that could also sneak his way into the lottery and uh, maybe Toronto being that fit for him? Yeah, I think JHS could actually sneak in, and I wouldn't be bad at anybody that wanted to play him to get into the lottery. I, he has everything you're looking for. Like, there's it's so many good guards, and it it they're so good that they're all, like, right next to each other. It just depends on what is on the GM's big board. What is that team looking for? And it would not surprise me at all. I have a couple of guards in Jace, 
Jay Smith is one of them. Like he's JHS is one of them. I think that he could absolutely find his way into the lottery inside the top ten, just because all these cards are really right next to each other. Like they're all really, really right next to each other. So uh, JHS, I can absolutely see him getting into the lottery. Shout out to IU. All right, one more shout out to IU, and I know that's going to piss off everybody here at KCSN. Trace Jackson Davis is he a first round pick? Yes or no? Yes. Okay. I think so too. Yeah. Because I, I think he hasn't been given an ability to shoot from outside. Like uh-huh. they just, you might, uh, you didn't need him to. D- didn't need him to. He was dominant in the post, but you also saw his ability to be a rim protector. And yeah. Think- and defend. That's the, that's the key right there. His ability to be a rim protector and defend. That's going to be something that somebody on a championship team is going to want. Somebody that they can trust scoring the basketball, but also on the defensive end. Love Trace Jackson Davis to go in the first round. I feel a little bit better as an Indiana fan heading into this conversation into the NBA draft. All right, take one final break. On the other side, we are going to go through some of our favorite bets that are still on the board for the NBA draft. We are hanging out with Terrell Furman. He, of course, of SGPN here on Benny and the Bets. Take a quick break. Back with some rapid-fire NBA draft bets coming up next. Stay with us. This is Benny and the Bets. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. All right, Terrell, as we close things, uh, close things out here on Benny and the Bets, we've gone through a lot of plays. We've gone and discussed a lot of names, but... Uh, go ahead and bring up your card. Share what uh, you want to share with the people. Uh, what are some bets that we have not discussed yet for the NBA draft? They can be long shots. They can be some safer plays. Uh, tell us what you like as we head into a very exciting night of television in NBA action uh, this upcoming Thursday. Well, I've been singing this long shot for a while, and I'm just going to throw it out there because if the, if it happens, I want all the credit. There's not many people that are projecting this, so I want every single shred of credit if it does happen. I'm calling for Nick Smith Jr. to find his way inside the top 10, 40 to 1 on DraftKings. Woo! Let's talk about it here. So for those people who don't know who Nick Smith Jr. is, he is a former number one overall recruit for the class of 2022. That is big. So one year ago, he was the best recruit in the nation. Now, let's talk about what happened when he got to college. He got to college. He had a knee injury that flared up on him. He missed the first six games of the season, came back, had a couple flashes, and then the knee flared up again. Ended up missing some more time. Came back and was not as explosive as everybody thought they were going to get from him. They didn't think that's what they, they thought they were going to get more. But he was dealing with the knee injury at the time. Season ends and everybody starts saying, man, Nick Smith probably shouldn't have never came back. He would have still found himself in the top five. And now he's being projected somewhere in the 20s of the first round. But let's look at the history of number one overall recruits when they make it to the NBA draft, starting at 2011 with Anthony Davis. Number one overall, Nerlens Noel. Number six overall, Andrew Wiggins. Number one overall, Emmanuel Mude. Seventh overall, Ben Simmons. First overall, Josh Jackson, fourth overall, Marvin Bagley, second overall, R.J. Barrett, third overall, Anthony Edwards, first overall, Kay Cunningham, first overall, Chet Holgram, second overall, and then you have Nick Smith. Now, there's very easily Nick Smith could find himself outside the top 10 because of the injury issues, but if you're telling me 
that teams believe he is probably one of the best pure scorers in this draft class and that a team doctor clearing him to play for the future and saying that there's nothing no longer wrong with that knee issue is the only thing keeping me from the top 10, I'm going to sprinkle on 40 to 1. So I already have a bet. Nick Smith Jr., 40 to 1 to find his way inside the top 10. Let's just keep it real for a second. I just went and uh, put in Nick Smith top 10 on Twitter. Do you know who the, the number one tweet that came up was? Our guy, Drell Furman. <laughs> like all right like this is this is your baby this is your doctor yeah. dance floor so I, yeah. i'll go ahead i'll i'll shout all the praise in the world especially look if i tail you on that one and it hits oh my like, gosh if it if it so what i'm gonna send you my guy like i <laughs> i want to draw off the coattails of a 40 to 1 play and I'm, I'm, I'm just, I put the bet in and I sprinkled on it just like, all right, if it hits, I'm very, very happy. But if it loses, I'm not too hurt. But I mean, if you sit there and think about it, Washington just traded away a really, really good score. He worked out with Washington. They said they really liked him. They said that Utah really likes him as well. And, um, and Dallas, I mean, Dallas would never hurt, especially if you don't think you can retain Kyrie. I mean, I could sit there and see anywhere between that 9 to 10 range if they don't draft them, somebody that's willing to come up and go draft them. Like, there's, I just don't think that over the course of one year that your stock can go from being a perennial top three, top five pick to the back end of the first round. Like, there's a little bit of room for error. Is it necessarily 10? Could potentially be not. He could be there at 12, 13. And, you know, we would lose the bet, but it'd be the same premise. But 40 to 1 just seems like way too good of odds to pass up on Nick Smith when it seems like every year in the draft, there's one splash play that nobody talks about. Do we know, just off the top of your head, do you happen to know the, the discrepancy between to be drafted top 10 and to go in the lottery for for Smith? Like, is it, yes. is it drastic? No. So the lottery is the first 15 picks. So, so, so what I'm asking is like, do we know do we know the odds comparison for him to go top ten? Oh no, I don't know the lottery. Okay. If, I was if, trying if to find, find a lottery. lottery. Yeah. Yeah. If you could find him in the to go in the lottery, you'll probably be getting something a little bit lower, but I would feel a lot more comfortable about that bet. Cause I, I truly do think that he is still a lottery pick. Like, is he gonna be top ten? We'll see. It could potentially still be there. But I still do think he's a lottery pick. Like he's too good. He's way too good of a scorer, and the explosiveness is going to be there. He just had a really bad injury. By the way, if you're looking just purely on where the books have him going, it's right around 18 and a half. Over 18 and a half right now for Nick Smith Jr. is minus 170 at DraftKings. Under 18 and a half, plus 140. So if you find let's do that. Let's do that as a lesser of a long shot. Under 18 and a half, Nick Smith, plus 140. That is one of my favorite plays. I need to get down on that one because I didn't see odds for that when I put it in. But Nick Smith to go in the top 10, that's my long shot, and I have a sprinkle on it. Love it. Love it at 40 to 1. Love the uh, the under, or love the over 18 and a half, or excuse me, under 18 and a half uh, at plus odds as well. Terrell, this was fun, man. Please come back, join us, hang out with us yeah. anytime. Appreciate you making all of us a little bit smarter out of the NBA draft. I know we mentioned all the stuff that you're doing. Uh, over at SPGN, but where else can people find your work if they want to check you out? Yeah, no. So again, SGPN, you can find me on the NBA Gambling Podcast, WNBA Gambling Podcast, NFL po- Gambling Podcast. All of those are my babies. So you can find me over there. You can find me at really real underscore underscore on Twitter. 
And I do guest spots like this all over. So just follow me on Twitter and see where I'm going to be next. I got uh, Satsu Sabali at 75 to 1 for MVP. Jackie Young at 40 to 1. Oh, that Jackie Young one looks really good. Yeah. I, I'm feeling good that it, I, I've got a few decent long shot plays in um, for 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 MV for MVP in the in the W. So as long as one of those starts to come in, and I, honestly, man, like Sabali's put up unreal numbers, but after after her and Agumawale, like there's there's not much coming out of Dallas right now. Yeah, not not at all. Hopefully, Tara McGowan doesn't lower her numbers too too much. But Satu is an amazing player, and I'm not gonna be mad at anybody for taking a little sprinkle on her. But Jackie has been playing possessed. I don't know how you won Most Improved, and you're you low key deserve to be the favorite for Most Improved again. But she's probably not gonna win it, and now she's knocking on the door of an MVP possibly. Yeah, and by the way, a friend of the show, Howard Magdal, who uh, has been been leading the chart for for women's sports coverage for a long, long time, uh, said on this very show the day before the W started that uh, his favorite long shot play on the board was uh, the Indiana Fever to make the playoffs twenty to one odds. Mm-hmm. It's happening, man! Like there, there is on the over nine and a half lot. I was on over nine and a half. I love it. Okay. They were last year was a historically bad team. There was nowhere but up. And look at them, four and six in the season right now. Yeah. Making some moves. All of a sudden playing some really solid basketball and a lot of improvements there as well. Terrell, thanks for joining us, man. I appreciate your time. Always good to uh to catch up and uh, we'll do this again soon. Definitely appreciate it. All right. Thanks to Terrell. Always appreciate our producer Nick as well. So for Terrell, I'm Ben. May all of your best bets hit. We'll do this again soon on a brand new edition of Benny and the Bets. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.